Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor John, and I'm so grateful that you joined us this evening to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. This is the moment where we take just a little bit of time to open God's Word and hear what God has to say to us about this event that we are celebrating and remembering this evening. And there's many parts of this story about Christmas that we could look at, that we could reflect on, but this evening I'd like to reflect on the story of the wise men. And that portion of the Christmas story is found in Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. These wise men were special witnesses to the birth of Christ, to the Messiah, the true King of God's people. This story is in this book that's known as the book of Matthew, the gospel, the good news according to Matthew. And this whole book emphasizes Jesus' role as a king. And these men, these wise men, recognize that truth. And so their story and the story of a few people they interact with paints a vivid picture for us about how each of us can respond to Jesus. So for just a few moments, I'd like to take time to hear their words to look at their actions and see what they can tell us about how we should celebrate the birth of Christ and what they say about who or what we are following with our lives. So I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 2, this is verses 1 through 11. We heard a portion of this already. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Verse 5, They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written in the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they, the wise men, went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for this time we have together to celebrate your birth, the birth of the Messiah, the one who you have sent to be the Savior of the world, the King who rules over all, and yet also the one who cares for each of us. Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture briefly this evening. May you help us to see these men, these wise men, focused on seeking you, on finding you, on coming before you. 
Lead us away from the example of those who try to oppose you or ignore you, and instead, help us to seek you, to follow the star that is your truth and your word, to know you, Jesus Christ. It's in your name now that I pray. Amen. So the way we're going to look at this is I'm going to talk about some of the characters that show up in just this little short snippet of scripture that we read. The first characters that come on the scene are these wise men. The word there is magi. They were perhaps astrologists, religious scholars, priests, probably from the area of Persia or Babylon, which would be modern-day Iraq or Iran. Now, notice they're not kings, but they were very respected men. Now, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong if you like singing the song, We Three Kings of Orionar. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not quite accurate to what the Scripture tells us. They are from the east, though, an area that is known for its wisdom. And we don't know how many there are. We know there's more than one because they're called wise men. Uh, so we know there's more than one person. We see at the very end that they give three gifts, that gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And that's led to a tradition that there were three of them. But again, we don't know that for sure. It was probably a group larger than three people. But again, we don't know their names or much about them. There's traditions about their names, but those are not here in the scriptures. And if it's true they came from the area of Babylon, then it may have been a 40-day journey to get to the city of Jerusalem. And we don't know exactly when they left. That They could have arrived almost two years after Jesus was born. So in our nativity scenes, we often have the wise men there on the side. They weren't there that first night, but it's still okay to talk about it now because we're talking about Christ's birth and the importance that has for our lives. But whoever these men were, whenever they got there, they had their hearts set on seeking this king. They say in verse 2 that they saw his star when it rose, or some translations have in the east, meaning they were in the east and they looked west toward Israel, west toward Israel, and they saw that star in the night sky. And this is easy to understand how they did this. They were men who liked looking at the stars, at the sky. And this is 2,000 years ago. There was vastly less light pollution than there is now. We see so little of the stars compared to what most of the world saw back then. So these men spent a lot of their time looking up at the beautiful night sky, and it seems that on one night, they noticed something was new in the sky, something was different. And they believed that it symbolized a new king was being born. And that makes sense for that day and that time because stars, especially new stars showing up, were often associated with divine kings or divine Caesars, rulers over great empires. And the Old Testament also said that a star would be associated with a coming king and messiah. The book of Numbers chapter 24 says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter, a king, shall rise out of Israel. Now, we may have questions, though, about that star. What was that star? What's happening here? And many people have different explanations for it. Some say it may be the great conjunction around this time is when Jupiter and Saturn appear to meet in the night sky. Maybe that is what they saw. Maybe it was a meteor or a comet or a supernova in deep space. Now we read later on, it talks about the star seeming to lead the men, which suggests something a bit more supernatural, like maybe an angel or some special event that happened. 
But whatever it was, the point our author is making is that a light appeared, and it signified to these men, these wise men, that a new king has been born. They recognized that, and they came. They wanted to come to worship, to honor, to praise that newborn divine king. Their focus was on Jesus, not this star. That wasn't what was most important to them. So they head to Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel, because they, they think, surely this new king must be in the capital city. He must be recognized there. But it's here that a new character enters our story. In verse 3, they meet Herod, the other king, in this passage. Herod was not fully Jewish, but he had been appointed ruler of this area by the Roman Empire who was in charge at this time. He was their puppet king. And I would love to take some time to tell you all about Herod and the things he did, but it's Christmas Eve, and this is a family-friendly message, so I'll let you Google that for yourself if you like. But suffice it to say, he was not a very nice person. He's known to history as Herod the Great. I went with a group of people from church on a tour in Israel. Our tour guide called him Herod the Not-So-Great, which is a, perhaps a better description of what he was like. For our purposes, though, he claims to be the king, but he's not the one God has appointed to save his people, to rule them justly and rightly. And Herod is disturbed. He's troubled. The idea is he's terrified by this news he hears from the wise men. The text says, when the king heard this, he was troubled, and the whole city, all Jerusalem, with him. He saw this king, whoever he was, as a threat to his power, because he was the one who claimed to be the king of the Jews. And no one in the city knows what these wise men are talking about. They just know that their king, this angry, mean man, is afraid, and so they are afraid as well. And it's here that we meet the last characters we're going to focus on. Herod assembles together the chief priest and the scribes or the teachers of God's law. He needs their help. It says in our text, he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people, and he inquired of them. He asked them where the Christ, the Messiah, was to be born. Now, these men would have been the religious leaders of the day. They knew God's word backwards and forwards. They knew everything about it. They should have been intently studying Scripture, looking to see when this Messiah would come. But unfortunately, even though they had studied God's word, they missed the point. They missed the message that was delivered to poor, humble shepherds out in the fields around Bethlehem. As we read earlier, the angel spoke not to these religious leaders, but to these shepherds and said, Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. These religious leaders, though, they do know the answer to the king's question. They quote an Old Testament prophet, a man named Micah. If you look it up in the Old Testament, it's Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Verses 5 and 6, they told the king, this Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written in the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Israel. For from you, from Bethlehem, shall come a ruler, a king who will shepherd my people Israel. They point the king and, by extension, those wise men to Bethlehem which was a little town, a, a city just six miles south of Jerusalem, not far at all. 
Again, I said I was there with a group. We went there one day. Our hotel was in Jerusalem, and I remember it being a very short drive to get to Bethlehem. And even though it was a small town, it was important because it was where the Israelites' greatest king, David, had been born. And it was prophesied that it would be the birthplace of the Messiah, the birthplace of someone who would be a shepherd, someone who would care for God's people. As King David had been a shepherd before he became king, this person would be a shepherd, one who would love God's children. There's other predictions like this in the Old Testament. The book of Ezekiel, God says, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be prey. I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David. He doesn't mean David literally is going to come back. He means one of David's descendants, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. These religious leaders knew this, but all they do is pass this information on to the king. And now armed with this knowledge, Herod summons these wise men and he sends them off to Bethlehem. He also secretly finds out when the star first appeared so he can see the extent of this threat that he feels. And he asks the wise men to report to him when they find the child and lies to them and says that he wants to worship him too. Verse 8, he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and you guys search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, then bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And it's at this point, I want to take a moment to pause from our reading to talk about these two sets of characters we see here in the city of Jerusalem. We see Herod and we also see these religious leaders. And how do they respond to the news of Christ's birth. Well, for the religious leaders, these wise men are telling them something they know. There's going to be a Messiah who's born, and they know where he is going to be born, in Bethlehem, again, just six miles away. But they do nothing with that information. They don't follow. They think no more of it. And this is really hard to grasp. It shows how content and hard-hearted they were. I know if you told me, Pastor John, your favorite athlete or your favorite movie star is going to be six miles away and you can go down there and meet them and say hello, I would probably take you up on that offer. And here they're told, the Messiah, your Savior, we believe he's been born six miles away and they couldn't be bothered to check it out. And the reason they couldn't be bothered is because they liked how their life was now. Yes, Herod wanted him dead, but they were comfortable They'd rather be oppressed by Herod, ruled by the Romans, than take the steps to seek this new eternal king. And maybe you're like one of these characters, Herod or these religious leaders. Maybe like Herod, I'm not saying you're a murderous, mean person, but maybe you think of yourself as opposed to Jesus. You don't like this religious talk. Yeah, somebody dragged you here tonight, or maybe you're watching later, but you say, I, I really don't like Jesus. I don't like this message that he has about this change and, and forgiveness. I like the way my life is going right now. I don't want to make any changes. I'm fine with how things are here. Or maybe you're like these religious leaders, these people, everyone else in the city who just ignores this news of a Savior. You're here because someone asked you and you said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come along to this Christmas Eve service, but Jesus really doesn't have a big part in my life. I can take him or leave him. But friends, I have to 
I have to warn you, I have to share with you that what we do with Jesus is the most important decision we can make in our lives. It impacts every part of who we are and it impacts our future. And just because you show up here tonight because someone asked you, that doesn't earn you extra brownie points in heaven. Don't get me wrong, I'm glad you're here. But if we know Jesus, then something happens to us. He changes us. He changes our desires. He makes us want to seek God, want to know Him. He changes what we do. We don't hate Him. We don't stand back and ignore Him. But like these wise men, we take steps toward Him. If we look back at our text in verse 9, at this point, the wise men have a decision to make. They followed this star all the way to Jerusalem. Now what are they going to do? The king is not here where they thought he would be, but they know where he is. So they decide to persevere, to keep following that star, to keep seeking the newborn king. And we're told in our passage that the star went before them or ahead of them to the nearby town of Bethlehem. Verse 9 says, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. Somehow, we don't know exactly how they got specific guidance from this star to where they needed to be. And this sight thrilled them. Verse 10 says that they were overjoyed. My translation has rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They were full, overflowing. The emphasis is on this was a joyous, delightful night. Now, we could be cynical about them. We could say, but they were from far away. They probably never even read the Old Testament. What did they know about who this child was? How could they possibly understand him? And again, we don't know that. But what we do know is these men realized something special was happening. There was something different in the sky. There was something different in the world, and they wanted to come and see just like in this time of year, in this season, everyone, everyone recognizes that there's something different going on, that there's something special about this time, this Christmas. Many people can't say or articulate what that is, but everyone recognizes there is something special happening here. That's what these men saw, and they saw that the answers to this special thing can be found over in this town of Bethlehem. And so they followed the star to the new king. And if you want to hear more about what will happen to them, well, then you can come tomorrow morning, because tomorrow morning I'm going to continue that story looking at them. But let me, let me jump ahead a little bit so you can see what happens to this king. This baby boy who is a king, he grows up, he lives perfectly following God's law, doing everything that each of us fails to do all the time, making all the right decisions that honor the Lord. And what does he get for that? Well, we read at the end of this book, the end of Matthew, that he's crucified. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments, his clothes among them by casting lots. They sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. This king the wise men sought after would be crucified and killed by his own people. Not because his mission failed, but no, he did it. He deliberately followed this path so that he could die to save us. 
because our sin, the thing wrong that we do, pushes us away from God. And Jesus died to take the penalty, to pay for the wrong that we have done. Our rebellion against God, the true King. And then on the third day, he rose again to save us so he can restore us to eternal life and to a right relationship with the Lord. He is our shepherd who cares for us throughout eternity. The very last book of the Bible says this in Revelation 7, 17. It says the lamb, meaning Jesus, he is in the midst of the throne. He will be their shepherd. He will be the shepherd of God's people. He will guide them to springs of living water. And what will happen there? God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Friends, I don't know everything going on in each and every one of your lives who are here today, but I know that we have tears, we have suffering in our lives. And this King, this Jesus, this baby boy we're talking about tonight, he offers true peace, true hope, true life, true joy for his people. That is why we celebrate Christmas. So what? What does this all mean? It means that before you leave tonight, you have a decision to make. Like these wise men, you've taken some form of journey, probably just hopping in your car for a short drive, but you've taken some journey here. And I'm asking you to perhaps go a little further. You've heard the truth like they did, that there is a king, there is a savior. And now the question is before you, will you take that information and leave with it? Will you despise that truth? I don't need a savior, I'm good on my own. Or like the wise men, will you follow his star? Will you fight against this king, ignore him? Or will you come to worship him? Friends, like those wise men, you are joyfully invited to worship him, to know him. God calls you to turn from abandoned sin, your, the way of life that you like to live for yourself and your interests. He calls you to leave that behind, to instead believe and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. To believe that yes, he existed, yes, he was born at some point, and he lived that perfect life, and he died so that I can know God. He calls you to come to know him through Jesus Christ, to believe in that baby who would grow up to be the savior of the world. That is a choice that is before you today. It's to follow your own desires, which will ultimately lead to your separation from God and in uh, the end, your destruction. Or to, like the wise men, follow this truth, this light from his word, to discover as the words of the song we're about to sing, you'll discover heavenly peace. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word, this story of these men who traveled from far away seeking the Messiah, the King. God, I pray that you will work in our hearts so that we will not despise your truth, we will not ignore it, but instead we will continue to seek after you. And if someone hasn't, that we will follow after you to come to you, to worship you, to do that by turning from sin and trusting in your son, Jesus, for salvation. God, I pray that if someone here hasn't done it, they will call out to you. They will come to know you. Ask someone how they can have that relationship. And for those of us who have, 
Oh, may like these wise men, may we worship you, praise you, rejoice, take exceedingly great joy in you, the one who was born so long ago on that silent night. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.